This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I'm your host, Morgan, obviously. I want to say thank you for being my distraction today. It's a rough one. And uh, this podcast is going to be a little bit shorter today because I have to take David to the airport. Yes, the time has come. My British South African boyfriend who has been staying with me for the past two months has to go home today. So uh, it's like I want to just burst into tears at any second, but I also am grateful for stuff like this to keep me distracted and uh, hold my attention. And it's stuff that I love. Do you ever realize like in life that when it rains, it pours? I mean, obviously you realize that there's a reason why it's a saying, but I feel like my life is imploding. And everything just happened at once. David is leaving today. Um, I work on a morning radio show. My co-host quit. Okay. So I'm there by myself and I can't breathe out of my right nostril. So when it rains, it pours. But you know what? We're going to make it through because that's what we do. We are powerful human beings. I can handle everything that the world is trying to throw at me. And I want to say thank you for following along with us the past two months on the Instagram page. I know you guys have been loving it when I post David on my page for whatever reason. Although somebody left a really rude comment on my Thanksgiving picture last week. She said, I don't even remember who it was. I deleted it instantly because it made me mad. She said, I'm going to be honest. You guys are too much. I was like, too much what? lady in love. I'm sorry that you're bitter, but also just a reminder that you don't know what people are going through. You don't know if, you know, the lovey-dovey couple that you see checking out at Giant Eagle, that might be a Northeast Ohio thing. That's a grocery store. You know, I used to, I used to be like, oh, I wish people would get a room when they're like all over each other at the grocery store. But then I'm like, you know, sometimes I hug my boyfriend at the grocery store. It's fine. Live your best life. I'm going to say my Instagram is going to be a lot more boring without him because I don't really do anything. You know, I wake up, I go to work really freaking early, like 530 in the morning, come home about 11 o'clock. I watch reality TV. I tell myself I'm going to go to the gym, but then I never do because I like to lie to myself. And it's just an awkward, my, my work situation is awkward because I'm working while everybody else is still sleeping. And then by the time that everybody gets off work, I'm ready to go to bed. So I don't have a life. This is my life. This podcast, my Instagram page, my TikTok is my life. So thank you for following along one way or another. And I will get off my soapbox now. I didn't mean to depress you straight off the bat. Let's do something a little bit lighter. Our pop three, John Speaks. 
I feel bad for John. I'm referring to John and Katie, the newest Bachelor Nation couple. A few days after John and Katie made things Instagram official, John posted on a Bachelor Reddit thread to clear his name. Oh, John. John is too pure for this internet debauchery. He wrote this thread. It's so long. I'll tell you the good parts. Obviously, everyone is still questioning the timeline of it all. It seems fishy. But John is saying no boundaries were crossed while Katie was still engaged to Blake. He writes, I am absolutely in favor of everybody having their own opinion, voicing that opinion, and hell, arguing and yelling about that opinion. What hurts me, however, is watching so many of you build assumptions and throw around accusations based on very limited knowledge of a situation. He said that he developed an incredible and deep friendship over the past year and a half, but it was, quote, always platonic. He said the boundaries of our friendship with respect to her ongoing relationship never even required addressing because it was never a thought in our minds that we would ever be anything more. You guys, she was engaged. It is apparent that many of you misjudge how both her and I view that commitment. He said, neither Katie nor I would ever cheat, push someone to cheat, or be involved in cheating. It is not in our nature. It is not acceptable. It is not okay. He also addressed those of us who think they should have waited a little bit. He said, try to understand what it's like for me, a regular guy, falling helplessly for his best friend, not being able to take her out for dinner because photos would likely leak and everybody would assume we were trying to foster some sort of secret and scandalous relationship. I actually respect that point because he's right. I mean, as soon as any paparazzi, actually, do paparazzi follow Katie Thurston and John Hersey? I don't know. I don't know, but somebody out there would take a picture and send it into Dumois or something. So I do respect that. He said, cheating in any form is unacceptable, and I'm sorry if it looks as though either of us were taking advantage of anyone's trust. John is not ready for this. He is not ready. I don't think he's handling the backlash well. He seems like such a nice guy who genuinely cares how others perceive him. Like reading his statement, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, logical, smart makes a lot of sense. But Bachelor Nation can be wild. I've been on the receiving end of some hate and not like even one tenth of the hate that these guys are getting, I'm sure. I know that John has even been personally responding to DMs from people, sending them voice notes. And yes, I have heard said voice notes with my own ears. Uh, I kind of feel bad that he got swept up in all this because like he said, he's a normal guy. He fell for his best friend and now it's like a media frenzy. But I still think the 12 days of messy was a show. I think my boyfriend David was right when he said last week on the podcast that Katie wanted to do this big reveal and the 12 days was all planned around this big reveal, which to me just seems a little bit insensitive. I want to say it didn't have to be this big thing, but let's face it. It was always going to be a big thing, even if she just posted an Instagram picture saying, yes, we're together, or she did 12 days of messy. I don't know. I feel like I'm just going to let it go because John seems like a nice guy. And at the end of the day, Blake will be better off in the long run. Let's move on to headline number two in our pop three. Tamra Judge and Shannon Bedore are at war. I forgot that the Real Housewives of Orange County 
came out this week. I've heard mixed reviews on episode one. Maybe I'll review it for you next week after I watch it. But this all started when Shannon did this interview on TV Deets. Um, it's like Housewives After Hours or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. That's my uh, journalistic integrity right there. Uh, they ask Shannon this question. Were you hopeful if Tamara or Vicky will come back to the season? She's like, no. That's how Shannon talks. <laughs> she like shakes her head real fast. She's like, no. <laughs> oh, she's talking about Tamara, how she says things uh, about her in the press that are untrue. So she doesn't engage. Tamara quote tweets it and says, STFU, you victim liar. Not engaging is no comment. It's giving me, that's my opinion. Vibes. I can't yell it because my neighbor, who is 73 years old, might think that something is wrong. So, that's my opinion. That's as loud as it's going to get. So once Tamara gets going, I mean, my land sakes almighty, there's no stopping her. She's leaving comments all over Instagram. I couldn't find the particular post, but my girl Kiki at the talk of shame, great Instagram account. If you're not following her, go do it. She has the receipts. Tamara says, quote, all I've said is that she stopped talking to me shortly after I got let go. Vicky too, and how bad it hurt me when I needed her most. I spent so many years talking you off a cliff all hours of the night, protecting you, doing your dirty work, making excuses for you. I've seen the first episode. She says, you're being exposed for the mastermind manipulator you are. So happy Gina and Emily expose you. In another post, she said, she should be very careful. Vicky found an old iPhone with 10 old voice... VM. So I'm, I'm assuming that means voicemails. Duh. Hello. Can you tell I'm sleep deprived from Shannon? I guess Vicky wasn't lying after all too bad. She didn't have it at the reunion to show what a liar Shannon is. And to think I really believed Shannon at the time, bring Tamara back immediately. Tamara is doing more in the comments that I think we will see all season on the Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm not like overly excited about it. I've been burned one too many times by the Real Housewives of Orange County. Not a huge Shannon fan. I am excited to see Fancy Pants back on the saddle. And I do like uh, Gina and Emily. So we'll see if they really expose Shannon Bador. Speaking of exposing people, headline number three this week, Tyler Cameron is reacting to Hannah Brown's book, particularly the shade about her relationship with Tyler. Uh, we've been talking about for a long time. Hannah Brown dropped her book, God Bless This Mess. And what Bachelor Nation is finding particularly intriguing about this book are the parts about Peter Tyler and Jed. Uh, so far, none of the guys that she's talked about has said anything about her spilling the tea until now. To recap what Hannah said about Tyler Cameron in her book, she talks a lot about what went down in the quarantine crew. Remember, that's when like TikTok was really starting to take off when we were all bored in the house and we we're in the house bored, locked up raw in our living rooms, just rotting away. Uh, that's when I got into TikTok. So I can't say that I blame the quarantine crew. It's like Hannah Brown, Tyler Cameron, Matt James, and a bunch of other of their friends. Uh, she was pretty much stuck in Florida with 
Tyler and this whole crew. Um, she said they slept together in bed every night for 21 days, but he'd never tried to like kiss her or anything, getting a little bit of mixed signals. Uh, then Hannah says she started to feel like she was annoying him. She recalled a text exchange between the two of them that went something like, and I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, I can't keep doing this. It's hurting me. To which he says, well, if you rock with me, you rock with me. If you don't, you don't. Such a Tyler Cameron thing to say, right? I feel like he sent this text message while shirtless, probably in between crunches. Like, oh, well, back down. Oh, if you rock with me, you rock with me. If you don't, you don't, you know? And then they like hit the woe or something that the kids are doing these days. Uh, He said on the Bella's podcast that he's got receipts too, although he didn't really specify what that meant. He then said that he was surprised she would include a message that makes him look bad since he didn't spill any tea about her in his book, You Deserve Better, which came out in July. Why would you be surprised about that? Like, Hannah's the one that got her heart broken by Tyler, right? So why would Tyler write bad things about Hannah unless he would have been like, Yo, she was really freaking annoying. He said in the Bella's podcast, you know, that whole thing. First of all, you're going to see the level of respect we have for each other. The way I talked about her in my book showed nothing but love. We'll see how she talks about me in her book. And like I said, the dumper never really talks crap about the dumpy though, right? It wasn't Hannah that was breaking Tyler's heart. He also said, I hope she's happy. I hope she's successful. She's got to sell books. She's got to make headlines, sell them books, he said. She is really trying hard to sell that book, though, isn't she? It's everywhere. I mean, good for her, though. Get that paper, sis, any way that you can. The thing of it is, with Tyler's book, You Deserve Better, I'm not buying Tyler Cameron's book about relationship advice. What relationship would I want to take advice from Tyler Cameron about the one with Gigi Hadid. No, the one with Hannah Brown. No, the one that he just dated his soulmate that he broke up with like two days after he was on watch what happens live. The bachelor nation books have got to go. All right, you guys, that is this week's pop three. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our deep dive all about Christine Quinn and the pregnancy conspiracy theory. Hang on. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. 
our deep dive portion of the podcast every single week. I take deep dive submissions on my Instagram page at Morgan P Talks. Whatever it is that you want to talk about, that is what we will be diving into for the people, by the people, I like to say. This week's question comes to us from Steph. Hey, Morgan. This is Steph from Narragansett, Rhode Island. Can we please get a deep dive on Christine Quinn? What do you think about this conspiracy that she faked her pregnancy? And who is this guy her and Emma are fighting over? Tell us everything. Listening to your podcast is a bright spot in my week. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on everything that's been going down in pop culture. Thanks. Okay, let's talk about Christine Quinn. Selling Sunset Season 4 is back and there is this huge conspiracy theory surrounding Christine's pregnancy. I want to preface this with my opinion so you don't get it twisted. I believe that Christine had this baby via C-section, but other people, not so much. There's this whole thing going on right now of people thinking Christine didn't actually have her baby but had a surrogate because of what she is wearing slash what she's doing, quote, two weeks after giving birth. There's one episode where she recalls, you know, her very traumatic C-section. She's talking to Amanda and um, the new girl, I think. I can't remember her name, but she talks about how she had this really dramatic C-section, how the doctors told her husband, like, you have to choose one or the other. And he said both and whatever, just very dramatic. The next thing you know, she's walking around in these extravagant houses and like six inch heels, still very thin. And people are confused. People are questioning how she can be wearing these quote stripper heels, her words, not mine, two weeks after having a baby, how she's still like stick thin after having a baby. I mean, even on the show, they're constantly making comments about how thin she is, which it's like, give it a rest. I mean, if Christine likes it, that's fine. But You don't have to comment on how small she is every single time that you see her. I also have zero experience with childbirth, so I'm probably not the person that you would be listening to. But someone slid into Christine's DM saying, why did you fake your pregnancy? It's totally okay to admit to having a surrogate, but don't set unrealistic expectations for PP moms when you didn't even carry the baby yourself. It's deceitful and a shame. PP mean postpartum. Why do people do this? What facts do you have, lady, that Christine had a surrogate that you feel so entitled to slide into her DMs and accuse her of being deceitful and shameful? Christine posted to her Instagram story and said, Kay, y'all are beyond sick. I mean, that is next level, right? And why does Christine owe anybody any type of expectation for postpartum moms? Everybody is different. There's not one person out there that had the same exact birthing experience, postpartum experience as the next person, as if she's the only person to ever have a child and everybody has to have the same exact experience as her. She also tweeted at the people doubting her, writing, for all y'all still mad on Pregnancy Gate, please go look at my Instagram stories and apologize. This is seriously so hurtful. She also talked at length to Us Weekly about the symptoms she was having during her pregnancy, saying, the first thing that I noticed was the belly button immediately popped out. I'm also getting changes in my skin. I'm noticing certain rashes and acne and things that I didn't really have before. My overall energy levels at night are definitely depleted, and I find myself being so tired, but sometimes it's very difficult to sleep. 
So she's clearly like recounting her experience, right? And I want to believe that if someone, even a reality TV star, would not lie about how or when or if they gave birth. I'm just going to give Christine the benefit of the doubt on this one. Maybe that's naive of me because like I said, I have zero experience with childbirth. I don't know how back or how quickly you can snap back into shape, but everybody's different. I'm going to choose to believe Christine. Honestly, she could say that she gave birth in a hot air balloon and I'd be like, oh, neighbor Ariel, you know, like an aerial view. I'm just going to believe whatever she says about giving birth. There's also this yoga scene that people are questioning when we see Davina again. Oh my God. When I saw Davina again, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. When the show edited this together, it makes it seem like this was shot after Christine gave birth, but it actually wasn't. According to Christine, she was still pregnant at the time. And I went back and watched it a couple of times to see if we could figure out what was going on in this scene, if we could see a little bit of a belly. If you go back and watch, you never see her stomach. She's always doing like downward facing dog and you see her back or above her shoulders. And the questions that they're asking, the conversation that they're having is very vague. It could either be about giving birth or being pregnant. Which brings me to my next point. I just had this realization the other day, and I could be really behind on this point, uh, but the creator of Selling Sunset is also the creator of The Hills. It all makes sense now, right? They're so similar. Adam DeVello, creator of Selling Sunset, is also the creator of The Hills. It brings up an interesting point of how much of this is real because we all went through our adolescent lives thinking that The Hills was 100% fact when it ended up being mostly fiction. Remember the final scene? Brody. Oh, God bless Brody. God bless Brody in 2009 and God bless Brody in 2021 because he still looks phenomenal. Brody's standing in front of the Hollywood sign with his flannel and his trucker hat. Kristen gets out of the limo that five seconds ago drove her away off into the sunset. And then like the green screen is moved. Everyone's clapping, making us all question our perception of the universe. Was our entire childhood a lie? The Hills. It really makes me wonder what to believe when it comes to selling Sunset because it is the Hills with real estate agents. People ask me how I like Christine, and I think it's really simple. Christine versus Chriselle or Christine versus Mary is very similar to me as Lauren versus Kristen. And I was always Team Kristen. I know. I know. Hot take. I rewatched The Hills like early in quarantine. And even looking back at it now, I'm like, Lauren was kind of a little nuts. If you go back and watch it, you'd be like, man, Lauren's a little nuts. So I, if I'm Team Kristen, I have to be Team Christine. I get it. She's the villain. She's the ice queen. But for some reason, I just find her to be a likable villain. She's so fabulous. I can't help but to stand Christine. What did Christine do before she was on Selling Sunset? She worked as a model, appearing in publications, including Vogue. After traveling for two years, she decided to follow her passion for architecture and design and work to get her real estate license when she returned to LA. So she also did some acting, which is she just acting as a villain? I actually saw on Amanda Hirsch's uh, Instagram, not skinny, but not fat. Christine can sing, okay? 
talk about a plot twist. There's a YouTube video of her singing some song that we all know. I want to say it's Sunday morning, but I think that's just because that's my go-to karaoke song that I think she sang Sunday morning. But YouTube it because you will be shocked. Before we wrap this up, I want to talk about the story with Emma and Christine and their ex. He is a real person. His name is Peter Cornell. Oh, and Heather dated him too. He clearly has a type. They all look like clones of each other. Heather, Christine, Emma, you cannot tell me that those three are not the same exact person. So what does he do for a living? This is interesting. He oversees the sports and entertainment division for the Oppenheim Group. He represents celebrity clients. I saw a photo of him with Chris Humphreys. That's all I need to know. It makes sense now how he's getting with all these ladies working at the Oppenheim Group. He literally works for the sports and entertainment division. So it's like whatever one that he's doing a viewing with that day, he's just going to make it his girlfriend. I don't know. I also don't know how real estate works, if you can't tell. He was on an episode of Million Dollar Listing as well, so there's some redemption for Peter Cornell. So what do we learn from this deep dive today? I just, let's just not question people's pregnancies, all right? I think it's a step too far. All right, you guys. I know I said it was going to be a short one. I have to uh, go back to reality now. I'm going to be crying all day, probably listening to Adele's new 30 album because that fits my mood. I got to take David to the airport. So before you go on this very depressing day in my life, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It is very important. Let's read a review, shall we? Uh, This one is from Rach22438. says, new fan, five stars we're off to a good start. She says, I found Morgan from her first podcast. And then I followed her on Instagram. Oh, that's interesting. A little reverse psychology. Uh, She said she has broken pop culture news and I love her intuitiveness. I like that she isn't mean when she talks about pop culture and absolutely love her deep dives. I also like that the podcast isn't too long. Hello. Nobody wants to be here all day. We got things to do, people to see, Instagrams to post. I'm a respecter of your time. So be sure to leave a review, rate it, do whatever you want, or don't. I don't really care as long as you come back next week. All right, guys. Thanks for joining another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks in the books. If you love pop culture, you want to expand your podcast library, there are many more on thedip.com. That's the dip with two Ps. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. We could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride. Like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.